Our Old Testament reading from the book of Amos in the 8th chapter. Hear this, you who trample on the needy and bring the poor of the land to an end, saying, When will the new moon be over that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath that we may offer wheat for sale, that we may make the ephah small and the shekel great, and deal deceitfully with false balances, that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and sell the chaff of the wheat. Well, the Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading from the first letter to Timothy in the second chapter. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. And there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel. And our gospel this evening from Luke's writings in the 16th chapter. Jesus also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager." And the manager said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. Decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, take your bill and sit down and quickly and write 50. And then he said to another, and how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. And the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, Make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. And one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. And if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, Who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. 
And the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, you have given so many good gifts. And we are sorry for the times that we mismanage them. We pray now during this time as you continue to give your good gifts that you would also give us strength, that we would uh, hear your word, that you would work by your spirit to remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and that we would rest in the mercy that you give us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Pastor Bob and I don't necessarily pick the texts all the time uh, for what we get to choose from from a day. As you're fairly familiar, we work through a very ancient lectionary system, at least a couple hundred years old or so. And the texts for today are not easy. Any of them are not easy by any means. And this one specifically, throughout the history of the church, has always seemed befuddle people. I mean, any commentary you read on any of it, the commentators will pick one aspect or another and they will highlight something that's different than another one and then almost all of them, by the time you get to the end of it, say, but I don't know. Whether it's word for word or not, that's the basic feeling you get. Out of all the writers throughout history, as we hit this parable of the shrewd manager, the dishonest manager, the unjust manager, whatever translation you read and whatever you want to call it, it's a confusing one. And everything in the parable seems broken. None of it seems to make sense. So far be it from me to tell you that you're going to hear the right interpretation today by any means. But there are still things in it that I know we can connect with. Things that do stand out. That may make sense, at least at this time and place. Because every time we read through God's Word, something different seems to stand out depending upon what's going on in life and where we're at and all those things. So as we read this text, first off, I think we have to consider where it's at. Because every time that Jesus is teaching, He's teaching in the middle of something going on. And so in this moment, he's turning to his disciples specifically and teaching them. And as we hear by the end of it, the Pharisees are overhearing it and listening, but he's specifically talking to his disciples, those who are following him, the Christians at that point, the ones that want to know more from Jesus. And he's teaching it after he's been teaching some other stuff. And so for the last couple of weeks, we've been hearing different parables. We heard of the parables of the lost coin and the lost sheep and how God goes out and searches for those who are lost to gather them unto himself and bring them into his presence. And then we get the beautiful parable that falls right in between those and this one tonight, the parable of the prodigal son. The son who was given wealth and given gifts and asked for his father to give him all the good things and he went and squandered it, wasted it. That word that's used is actually the exact same as the one for the manager in our parable tonight. He was wasteful with the things he was given to manage. 
And that son in the parable of the prodigal son had wasted everything and then really only had one option. Go back to the one who had authority. Go back to his father and see if anything could be worked out. The manager's in kind of a similar spot. As Jesus teaches and talks to his disciples, he said, look, there's a rich guy, a master, who had plenty of wealth and plenty of things and was uh, employing a manager. And so as he gave this manager work to do to manage all of the things that the master had, charges are brought up against this manager. Folks are coming to the master and they're saying, look, This guy's wasting your money. He's squandering it. He is not using the good gifts that you have given him in a rightful way. And he's using them possibly even in a selfish way. He really likes the opportunity to receive from everyone else all these good things. Maybe even add on a little bit to whatever they owe so that he can get a little bit and still give the master what he's due, but take a little bit off the top. He's not managing the things in the way he should. He's squandering them. And I think it's right around there that we can connect a little bit. And also this next part, where the master doesn't go really and ask him questions about what's going on or how he's managing. He hears the accusations and he goes over to him and he says, what's this I hear about you? Turn in an account of all of your doings. You can't manage anymore. I need to see the books. I need to see the numbers. And it's that being held accountable that I think we can connect with a little bit. Because we've all been given stuff to manage in life. I know in college, in the early college years, I would have papers to write and things to do and responsibilities asked of me. And it was amazing how much other stuff I would get done besides those things that I was actually responsible for. Because that paper would be due, the date would be given, it was no surprise, and I would see that day coming and I would say, I've got this many pages to write, here's my plan, that's awesome, I'm going to go wash the car and walk the dog and the house needs to be cleaned and I need groceries and look at my friends that want to go hang out, I'm going to go spend some time with them. And it was amazing how productively I could procrastinate in the middle of that time. And if you've never heard that phrase before, it's a great phrase, productive procrastination. Because you're not productive on the thing that needs to get done, but you're productive on all the other things that don't need to get done. Squandering, wasting time. I was really good at it. And I started thinking about all the other things we're given by God. All the wonderful free gifts that He gives. He gives us time. He gives us breath. He gives us energy. He gives us sunlight. He gives us nighttime. He gives us employment. He gives us retirement. He gives us education. He gives some kids. And if they're not our own, He tends to give us others that we get to speak into their lives. He gives us relationships. He gives us so many things that we squander and waste. And don't use in a right way. And though we may not always think about it, there is a time to be held accountable for those things. 
Whether it's when we say words and we see the effect of our sinful use of those things and we break them and then all of a sudden we realize the good thing that God was giving and we've broken it. Or maybe it's the day that somebody else walks in and says, hey, you need to be held accountable for these things. Somebody's getting hurt. Something's not getting done. Whatever the case may be, we see the brokenness that's all around. And when everything is absolutely broken, we start to think, how can I manage these things? What can I do? How can I make things right? Because I know that what I have done has made something unusable anymore. Or that gift is being taken away from me. Those good, free, gracious gifts that God has given. Or in the parable, the many things that the master has given to the manager are now about to be taken away. And that manager had a few moments to think. He didn't have the books turned in just yet, and he thought to himself, and he said, all right, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this right? How am I going to look at my position right now and get the things done that need to get done because I've procrastinated long enough and everything is broken right now, so what am I going to do? And he says, well, I'm too weak and not strong enough to dig and do agriculture work and do a hard day's work. Can't do that. Well, I'm too ashamed to beg out in the streets for money, so I'm not going to do that. What are the resources I still have? Well, I still have the books. I still have this one thing that the master gave. I can use this. And so he runs out to the people that owe their debts to the master, the ones that this guy is supposed to have been managing. And now he's managing them. He's actually doing something with them. And he goes over, he says, all right, what do you owe? And the first guy says, look, I owe 100 measures of oil. He says, all right, quick, write down 50. Knock off half of what you owe. It was years and years worth of debt that he just knocked off of that bill. And he calls the next guy over. He says, all right, what do you owe? And he goes, look, I owe 100 measures of wheat. And he says, all right, quick, write it 80. Take 20% right off of it. Again, years worth of growth, years worth of income, years worth of debt repayment knocked right off of the bill. And we say, hold on. He's called to account for mismanaging the funds. So now he goes out and he mismanages the funds because he's not doing anything that's going to gain the master any money. In fact, he's giving the master losses. He's using his position to make himself look good so that the people would receive him into their houses. This is not a right managing of the things by any means and it's a self focused use of the responsibility that's been given to him so that he'll look good. Everything in this parable is broken. And so we say, okay, well now the master's going to come in. He's going to see this work that was done and he's going to hold that guy accountable. He's going to say, look, that's not what I meant. But he doesn't. That's the surprising thing. That's the twist in the story. That's the turn where you know the disciples' ears were perking up at that moment too because they said, wait a minute, no, that guy needs to go to jail. The master should have jailed him, not shown him mercy. 
You mean the master's going to show him mercy like the father showed the prodigal son mercy? And Jesus says, well, yeah, because that's what God does, is he shows mercy. And think about that for just a second. This master was so free with his wealth that he commended the guy even when he was misusing it to our understanding, but he was using it for the good of others. He used it so that others would be in a better position to be able to pay the master back at some point, but also so they would be shown the mercy of the master. What a wonderful, beautiful way in which the mercy side of things is shown because that's all that the manager had to bank on. He said, look, I'm either going to get jailed for doing this or that master is going to be merciful. I think that's another part that we connect with. We know that what we've done more often than not is mismanage the things that God has given us, but He continues to be merciful. He continues to show us grace. He continues to speak forgiveness into our ears. And even though we can't make everything right when we have broken it, He continues to show us mercy in the middle of those situations to continue to call us His very own to continue to bring us into His presence, to continue to speak words of grace and mercy on account of Christ. As Jesus continues to teach, He says, look, we can't serve two masters. We can't serve money for the purposes of only having money for our self-gain and also think that we're serving God. Because if we're serving one we're going to not think about the other. But in serving God, we use that money for the benefit of everyone else. As we see those gifts given by God, we freely hand them out to everyone else so that they would know of God's mercy as well. He says, look, for you, Use the unrighteous wealth. Use the stuff that isn't heavenly goods. Use all the stuff that you get and you earn within creation so that others would at least know what it looks like for someone to care for them. And so that you would have friends and relationships that you would be able to speak God's Word into their lives. So you would be able to show them the mercy of the Father. So that you would be able to show them what love and care looks like. Use the unrighteous wealth to make friends for yourselves. Use it for their good. Build up a relationship so that you actually have an opportunity to speak the heavenly things of God. The wonderful treasures in Christ. The beautiful forgiveness that comes from Him alone. What a wonderful opportunity God gives us in all of the beautiful gifts He gives so that we could take care of one another and also speak His words of forgiveness and grace into folks' lives. It's a beautiful outpouring of God's gifts in our lives. And He continues to show us mercy when we mismanage them. But He continues to show us love and speak forgiveness. So when everything's broken, Know that one thing isn't. God's mercy for you in Christ remains just as gracious, just as strong, and just as true throughout all of the things that we do. 
And then he calls us to continue to speak his love and grace into other people's lives so that they would know of that same gracious mercy that he gives in Christ. The same thing that's been given to you. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your merciful love that you have shown us in Jesus and the many riches you have given us in him so that we don't have to worry about the heavenly riches at all because he has acquired them for us and hands them over so freely. And you give us even more abundantly beyond that to take care of us every day. We pray that you give us generous hearts, ready and willing to share with others so that they too would know of what your loving kindness looks like in small ways so we could speak to them about what it looks like in big ways in Jesus. And in his very name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise.